Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Prepared X podcast. I'm your host, Rob Burton. Welcome and thanks for joining us again. Um, this one will be just myself talking about crisis communications today uh, as it relates to uh, cyber breach. Um, we do have a couple of interviews lined up, so we'll be back into interview style podcasts coming up in the next few weeks. So um, just wait out and uh, look out for those. And uh, thanks for joining us. So today, um, I'm going to be talking about the 12 essential steps for crisis communicators to take during a cyber breach crisis. Um, this is a, an ebook, actually that was pushed out by uh, ICMC, the International Crisis Management Conference, actually a couple of years ago now, and um, it's been very successful. So uh, we decided to do a podcast on it today, and uh, I'm going to be covering the highlights of it, and uh, certainly we'll add a link in below, so there's some more details uh, in the ebook itself. But um, if you get a chance, you can download that ebook for free um, um, after you've listened to this or during this, and uh, you can make some notes on it if you download it uh, while you're listening to me. So anyway, um, as it relates to uh, any any crisis, um, you know, where you know, there's always going to be communications required. So you know, you know, whether it's a cyber breach or whether it's some other event that impacts your organization um, on a significant scale and it becomes a crisis uh, for you, um, you know, you're going to be held, you're going to have to be um, do a number of things as it relates to uh, communications. And so I'll just go through the um, twelve essential steps here. Uh, first one, uh, make sure um, that either yourself or someone uh, from your communication team is part of the crisis management team and that they're running and they're heading up um, crisis communications um, throughout uh, the period of the uh, crisis as well, uh, beyond it as well. So typically on a crisis management team, as you uh, probably know, uh, there's a number of roles that's on that team. So we have cross-functional human resources, um, representation from legal as well as uh, IT and you know beyond that sales potentially marketing facilities physical security uh, the list really goes on so essentially um, you know you do need um, someone from communications there and that's typically um, somebody from the public relations department um, communications department whatever you may call it um, but um, you need a leader who's going to head up and uh, kind of facilitate and manage and, uh, and make sure that they run communications. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is to centralize those communications during the crisis. Um, so quickly, you want to be able to manage all those rumors going around. You want everything to come through you uh, if you're leading that effort um, and the crisis management team, because there's going to be decisions that need to be made um, that um, you know require a number of people's approval. Uh, sometimes it's legal, but of course, all those messages need to come through one location. And so that's um, making sure that you do that is essential. Uh, the third one is identify stakeholders that may be impacted by the crisis. Um, so hopefully you've done some work ahead of time in creating a document that uh, has all those critical vendors listed on it, be it your employees, be it regulators, be it the media, uh, be it you know your customers, whoever it may be. Who are those critical stakeholder groups that you need to be able to communicate with? So we recommend uh, a stakeholder register, which is essentially a, um, a document that, kept, that gets, is kept up to date. 
um, so you can identify on a regular basis who they may be. And now there may be some unique um, stakeholder groups that pop up from one crisis to the next, um, or even you know if it's a cyber attack, you may need, need not need every uh, stakeholder you've identified in a cyber breach. Um, but you may have another cyber breach uh, that's similar, but um, has identified another stakeholder. Well, that's easier to add um, versus trying to you know create that list from scratch. So you get as many um, within that stakeholder group as you possibly can identified um, as early as possible. Uh, the next one is craft your messages. Um, and there's a number of principles uh, that relate to crafting messages. Um, and it's all identified here uh, in the ebook. Uh, be succinct uh, is one area. Be factual, of course, sincere and strategic. Uh, lead with humanity. Uh, defend your organization and then weave in branding messages where you possibly can. So again, there's more details in the ebook, but um, essentially uh, messaging uh, is critical, of course. And uh, there are a number of principles in, um, in step number four here in the ebook. Uh, step five, make employees your highest priority audience. And there's a number of reasons for that. I and mean, we talk about it often here at PreparedX. Um, they're on the front line, right? So they may have already identified the crisis for you. You know, they're going home to, to be with family and friends. Um, and if you're in front of the media's attention, uh, they're going to be asking questions. So, you know, rather than go home and, and say, I've not been told anything or go home and make assumptions, you know, they need to be able to go home and obviously um, speak um, um, on behalf of the organization. And it may be, maybe not much, but they need to say something because as we know, saying nothing um, doesn't usually go well. So, so again, um, you know, making your employees your highest priority audience within that stakeholder group is essential. Um, number six is uh, issue a holding statement that names the incident as soon as possible. So um, I think I've touched on this before. I think, you know, some 10, 15 years ago um, when we started out um, having, you know, social media as part of, um, you know, crisis management uh, response um, and even, you know, even traditional media. So, you know, we, we looked at it as, a, you know, possibly an hour you have in terms of getting your me initial message out. Well, now, as we know, that's gone down over the years. I remember it being 30 minutes um, probably four years ago, five years ago. And of course, with the increase of social media, um, that now is literally, you have to have the finger on the trigger, so to speak, to make sure that you can push out uh, at least a holding statement um, that will allow you to have some more time really to start to craft your various different messages. So a holding statement um, is essential and the time is essential really in order to get that out. Um, of course, you've got to get it right. Um, but um, if this if the story is running away from you uh, very quickly, you need to be able to, you know, obviously, you know, um, as quickly as you can be able to, you know, get that, uh, that message out and, you know, start your strategy in terms of your communications. <clears throat> Um, so, um, so you can prepare um, through uh, Q&As. Um, the, so the, these will cover, you know, various different questions for your spokespersons. You know, that might be the CEO, uh, could be a spokesperson um, at um, a location or other communicators uh, that may need to answer questions uh, to various different stakeholder groups. Um, so that's really important. So that's part of your role as well is, is preparing, um, you know, questions um, for those uh, communicators. And again, some, some of those questions and um, maybe, may be 
tough, right? So especially if it's a tough situation. So uh, the, the better you can prepare um, your spokespersons, um, you know, the better chance you're going to have um, when they have to, or if they have to speak to the media. I know some in some of our exercises, uh, we do that, we practice that. So we, we push uh, spokespersons in front of the camera and we'll put them through the paces in terms of asking them questions about the simulated exercise that's going on. And that's good, that's good practice. Uh, number eight is ensure tight coordination of communications with other agencies involved in the crisis. So um, if you are involved uh, in a significant uh, breach, then there may be regulators uh, from the government um, that really uh, you have to communicate with uh, throughout. And there's a number of uh, requirements in terms of informing them uh, what's happening within a certain period of time. I know that's certainly one requirement. But there may be a whole host of other things depending on your industry that you have to do. And again, whether it's cyber or not, um, you know, it really depends on, you know, who, the, who those groups uh, might be. So the stronger the relationships with those ahead of time, of course, it makes it easier um, on the day of the crisis uh, or the days or weeks or months in some cases uh, during, um, you know, uh, certainly from a cyber st- standpoint, those uh, ongoing breaches uh, and the investigations that um, go on afterwards. Uh, number nine, utilize credible third parties to support your position. So, you know, if, if you've got third parties, um, you know, they could be partners, um, they could be um, other um, industry um, groups like yourself or organizations, um, you know, so you want to make sure that, um, you know, you've got, again, strong relationships with those ahead of time. Um, and that, you know, they can actually push the facts out for you as well. So coordinating them with those groups. Um, is you know is essential as well, uh, and their independence really independent of you that is uh, makes them able to certainly circulate your organization's messages uh, with more credibility than you and your organization actually might be able to do as well. So you know that that's um, obviously the, the partnership is essential. Uh, designate um, the media trained spokespeople. Um, so again, <clears throat> you may have um, folks at the site level. Excuse me, <clears throat> and you may have um, leaders. Uh, at the site level, uh, if you've got facilities, chemical, oil and gas, uh, you may have warehouses, um, you know, other uh, operations around the world where you've got um, one individual that's been trained as a spokesperson. We suggest you get a backup in case that person's not available um, and that they're trained on a regular basis. It's often a gap we see in exercises, actually, where they may have been trained uh, some years before or, you know, a few years before, but they've not had that regular training. It's often not something that we practice on a regular basis in terms of being put in front of the media, especially as it relates to um, crises. So it's certainly something that should be practiced and trained on uh, on a regular basis. Number 11, aggressively and, sy- and systematically monitor what's going on, right? So in the news, social media, as well as whatever else is going on, there could be bloggers um, or other people having opinions um, from, you know, other, other people who are, you know, um, potentially um, have lots of followers or lots of influence um, with a, either with the crisis or related to your business or whatever it may be. So it's important that, um, you know, you, you monitor that on an ongoing basis. Of course, there's lots of tools for that, so technology, um, as well as, Obviously, agencies do that as part of you know their services as well. Um, so um, you know some organisations seem to have a good handle on that. But uh, you know certainly um, you should be doing that before, during, and even after as well in terms of monitoring uh, what folks are saying about you. 
And then after the crisis, of course, um, you know, it's going to come to an end at some, po- at some point and life is going to go on. But you certainly need to document and report, you know, how things unfolded. Why did they happen? You know, how did we do? You know, we need to learn from that. How did we communicate? How did we coordinate? You know, could we have had better messages? Um, what were the, some of the key findings from that? So, again, it's always about, you know, lessons to be learned and improving. And so after the crisis, we need to make sure, again, there, there may be ongoing for a while other stories that pop up with your name and the organ sorry the organization's name um, in it as it relates to uh, what happened so again you need to be able to continually monitor that but uh, making sure you've learned those lessons from any mistakes that were made is essential Okay, well, um, that's it. So it was a really short one today. I, I will post, um, or we will make sure that there's a link below um, to the ebook, um, so you can download that. Take a look at that. And we appreciate you, um, you know, listening in to episode 83 here. Again, if you like this, wherever you're listening to us, if you can share the post, uh, make a comment. We'd love to hear back from you. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on the next podcast here uh, with PreparedX. Take care.